there's a column for that A1, A2, B5, B6, A, B9. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We know those are cells. Hi, thanks so much for joining us for our fifth episode of There's a Column for That. I'm your host, author, storyteller, and podcaster, Jamie Beth Cohen. Today on the show, I'm talking to Emily Popek, a school communications professional and freelance writer. This is actually the first interview I conducted for this podcast way back in the summer. Emily is someone I've never met in person, but would very much like to. We met in an online writing group, and she invited me to co-write a piece with her on all the things that made us mad about the West Wing. You should totally check it out. Link in the show notes. Since then, we've come to know each other and have discovered we have lots of overlapping interests, including spreadsheets. This chat was recorded on August 26th, and we're releasing it on October 30th. Please remember to wear your mask, Black Lives Still Matter, and it's four days until Election Day. Hi, welcome to There's a Column for That. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you live, how you identify, what line of work you're in, do you have hobbies or passions that take up a lot of your brain space, anything you want me and the listeners to know? Sure. So my name is Emily Popek. I live in upstate New York. I'm originally from Oregon. Again, um, I am a school communications professional by trade. Uh, My hobbies include knitting and embroidery and sewing. I love listening to podcasts, so I'm excited to be here today. Great. Thanks so much. Um, How do you interact with spreadsheets in your work or your life or both? I use spreadsheets a lot in my professional life um, for the school districts that I work for, organizing information especially because I do, um, I do some data analysis work for school districts at times, and we use spreadsheets for that. And I also use them to inventory websites, which is exactly as much fun as it sounds like. I also use websites in my sort of quasi-professional life as a freelance writer. I've used them to organize uh, the assignments that I'm working on, the pitches that I've sent out to publications and things like that. Tell me a little bit more about inventorying websites. Oh, so some of the work that I do for school districts is consulting about website development and design. So I meet with school districts to understand their website needs. And part of what I do is I look at their existing website and I literally catalog everything that's on their website. It's a manual process. I go through and I click on every link and I look at every page and I log it all in a spreadsheet so that it's in an organized manner. It's not real data in that spreadsheet, but it is a way to keep it organized. Um, It takes a really long time and it's really boring, but it is really useful to lift up all the rocks and look under them and see what's there. So you just said it's not real data. Do you wanna wanna (laughs) define data the way you define it? Yeah, so, you know, in my mind, Real data in a real spreadsheet is something you can run formulas on, like something that you can manipulate using the tools of a spreadsheet. So when I'm typing in, you know, this is the homepage for the elementary school. And then in my next column, I have notes about what's on that page. And then in the next column, you know, maybe I have a note to myself, like delete or change. Like that's not data in a real actionable sense. I can't really manipulate that data using the spreadsheet. I'm kind of just using the spreadsheet as 
a dumping ground for information. Um, so I feel like it's kind of cheatery, but that's how I use spreadsheets. <laughs> I like to think of data, and I should probably look up an actual definition of sort of any factual thing that you can use to make a decision on. And so most of my spreadsheets probably don't have what you would consider real data in them. But to me, right. it's, and I also, as a freelance writer, use spreadsheets. And it, you know, a lot of times in the beginning, I was having to log every email address of an editor because I wanted oh. somewhere to have it. And then so you don't just search your email for that. What a concept. Well, and then what it just concept. started saying, look in Gmail, look in Gmail, look in Gmail. <laughs> but at the beginning, <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen or I was yeah, I yeah, yeah. a place to house editors. I had looked up, but didn't, hadn't pitched yet. So they didn't really exist sure, right. in my Gmail. So it started as a research and now it's, you know, Jamie, look in your Gmail, like search your Gmail. It's there. Um, so that's, I like that. I like that distinction. Now, do you have a, a background, a degree, a certificate, anything that helped inform you on uses of spreadsheets? Truly nothing. I was actually trying to think back to when I sort of started living the spreadsheet life and I really can't pinpoint it. I know I used to work at a newspaper and I know that that's when I started working with spreadsheets both in the office and like it started to trickle into my personal life as well. But I I can't really figure out or remember when that started for me. I know it started in Excel. I bet, I know we'll get to that later. Um it started in Excel and I think it really was just something I had to learn for my job because we would get data tables from various sources. Um, and I had to look through that information and, and figure out if there was a story there that I could assign a reporter to. So I started having to get into these data tables. You know, we'd get a release from the State Department of Health about, you know, um, drug addiction rates in all the counties in New York State. And I'm like, okay, I gotta see what's going on here. Um, and I just started learning on the fly what can I do with this tool? Like, how can I, like, what have, what have I, what have I got here? How can I understand this data better using the tools that exist for me in this program? Uh, and then I got really excited about it. And I was like, this is awesome and wonderful. <laughs> but I still like, I feel as though I'm still only scratching the surface of what a spreadsheet can do, particularly a program like Excel that I know is more robust than Google Sheets. I still, I still have a lot to learn. I agree. So do I. And that's people think it's so funny that I love spreadsheets and then they'll say something that they do with them. And I'm like, oh, you can do that. Right. I, yes. I feel like we've all figured out what, what we think we need them for. And sometimes there's this thing lurking out there that could be exactly what we need and we didn't even know it, it existed. Very much so. And I, I feel that way about almost all Adobe products too, that you can sort of, you sort, can sort of tunnel your way in and find the, the tools that you need to do the things you need to do. But there's this whole huge landscape around you that you're not even aware of. I definitely feel that way about Excel. And even little things, just the other day, my husband showed me how to click and drag cells down to, to pull to repeat that data, I was like, oh, where's this been all my life? I thought I was slick for just like copy pasting. And he was like, no, no, no. Okay, so what's your biggest or favorite problem, program, or project that you've tackled with a spreadsheet? 
I feel like it probably was one of these web planning jobs that I worked on for a school district. We did a, a really massive job for a client. They just had this voluminous website. There was so much information on it. And a colleague and I figured out kind of a better way of running that spreadsheet where we were breaking more things off into more sheets and or and it was just like one of those moments where it's like the world opens up before your eyes and you're like yes I have it like now I can see all the things it was really great to be able to come back to that client and say like we have gone through all the clutter in your closet you know like it was like a KonMari experience like we know where everything is we understand everything we have it all organized we have a plan for you and we can show you you know in a in an organized way here are all the all the pdfs on your website i should do a podcast about pdfs because i have many thoughts and feelings about that and you know here's all the things you didn't even know were there like we have we have put them all in this nice organized structure for you and they were just they were like we didn't even know all that was on there i was like "Mm -hmm, yeah that's right but we found it all We've organized it all, and, and, and there it is, and it was very rewarding. Wow. So just give me the tip of the iceberg on your, what would your PDF podcast, like what would the slant be there? I have a lot of thoughts about the situations where PDFs should not be used. I'm not going to say PDFs shouldn't exist, but maybe they should exist a lot less is what I think. You're talking with respect to websites specifically. Yeah. I mean, PDFs only exist in a digital realm, right? They're just a digital piece of paper, which is why I kind of hate them. And most of the time they don't need to be. They could just be, it's just information. Like information should be free. It shouldn't be trapped in a PDF. That's how I feel. Wow. I look forward to that podcast. Yes, for sure. Stay tuned. I have, um, I inherited a job where we had lots of PDF documents, but with no Word document backups. Mm -hmm. That needed to be edited, updated, changed. And yeah. Uh-huh. Or, or a PDF that had been made from a scanned Word document, but no one... Oh, yes. Very worst of all. Yes. Or like translated, sort of transliterated, and you're... Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this spacing happen? Oh, I can't even get rid of this spacing. I have to retype this Because line. like there's some terrible mystery hiding in there. It's like, what even is it? No one knows. Yes, they all contain horrible mysteries that it just shouldn't exist. School supply lists as PDFs, this, uh, it's literally, it's like five things. This doesn't need to be a PDF. But anyway, I, I digress. I agree. No, I, li- I like that. I like that. I'm on board with that. Um, what about the limits of spreadsheets? What kind of problems can they not solve or projects that they can't help you ta- tackle or where they've led you astray? So I have an issue when people, and I'm a little guilty of this too, when people try to use spreadsheets like to do design and layout, like this troubles me. When people are like, well, let me just, like, let me just make this cell span a bunch of columns and like, then I'm going to make it pink and make the text really big. And it's like, like, that's not, you know, I know you can do that. You can, you can do it. I don't think you should. This is more of a philosophical objection. (laughs) Because it's like it's polluting the structure of the spreadsheet. I don't agree with it. It upsets me. So, like, I know you can do that in a spreadsheet, but I feel like if what you really need is, like, some design and layout, then you need to move out of the spreadsheet environment. You need to go into another platform that can actually support the things you need it to do. That's, That's how I feel. 
I have a colleague, a, a former colleague, who made really beautifully produced reports in Excel. And I never understood it because I'm always like, I'll make a chart and then I'll copy and paste that chart out. But she found a way right. to design that page. Now, what I would say is it then becomes useless as a spreadsheet, right? Any spreadsheet you this can't sort. This is what I'm sort, saying. Yeah. Any spreadsheet you can't sort, yes. leave me out of it, right? But she, I agree. she and really did beautiful things with data and it's, it was always remarkable to me. I have become very much a convert of using the tools of a platform in the way they were intended to be used because I know that supports user accessibility. And so I feel frustrated when things start to go way outside the bounds because there's going to be people for whom that's now going to become unusable. And so that's an equity issue for me. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I feel differently in the sort of the spreadsheets that I keep for myself. That if sure, I am absolutely. doing a project, I'm a, I'm a real, and like, yeah, um, go ape, you know, yeah, I'm a color coder, but, but in a way that only makes sense to me. And I respect that. Like, I'm not going to foist that on someone else. The minute I have to share a spreadsheet, I get rid of all of the color coding because I want, and I know now in Excel and I think in Google Sheets, you can sort by color in the past. Ooh. Yeah, in the past you can do that. Fabulous. So let's get right into that then. Excel, Google Sheets, something else. Are you a Mac, a PC, or a tablet user? I'm definitely a PC user and mostly Sheets these days. Um, I don't have Excel at home. So I haven't used Excel in years actually, but I do love it. I have deep respect and love for Excel. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, favorite command or function? This is so basic, but really just all the ways I can sort the columns. Like that's really, that's what I live and die by, sorting are those you, columns. Are you a filter sorter or a sorter sorter or? I, I think I'm just a sorter sorter. Like I'm just going up to the top of the column and clicking something so I can like A to Z or one through whatever sort it. Mm -hmm. uh, we got into this already a little bit. How do you feel about color coding cells or typeface? Type, like I never change the typeface, but I, color coding is very important to me. Very important to me. And I will, I'll, I'll go back on that because I will bold things. And I have definitely used like some type color uh, differentiation for different projects. But I'm mostly all about the color coding. Do you do any auto cell formatting? Like if it's greater than one, it's this color. If it's less than one, use this color. I've never done that, but it sounds very exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, what is one thing about spreadsheets that you think other people might not know? That's a good question, because I always assume that everyone who uses spreadsheets knows more than me about them. Is that, but, is that spreadsheet imposter syndrome? I think it is spreadsheet imposter syndrome. Um, Cause I'm like from the spreadsheet school of hard knocks. Like I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing. I will say I was in a shared Google sheet the other day with several people who shall remain nameless. And this was a Google sheet that was pulling in responses from a Google form in real time. And we were watching them come in. 
and someone kept like dragging the column width over more and more and more so they could see the whole thing and I wanted to be like oh sweetie like you can text wrap it's okay like we don't and it became like it was like you know the scroll bar was like it was way down there because someone had typed in a really long comment so I do know I do know how to wrap text in columns and I find that very useful and I guess maybe some people don't know that because it depends on how the defaults are set up right for the for the sheet and and what you've been used to doing and if you are used to working just with data in a sheet maybe you never had to to wrap that that um you know the contents of that cell so you can wrap you don't have to drag the column width so I feel very strongly about this issue and I have a because mostly my spreadsheets are for words and not numbers so I have right. lots of feelings one is text wrapping is all well and good but if it gives me <laughs> uneven row height then I'm not so happy with it anymore and so right, then it becomes upsetting yeah so there's like a row height text wrapping so I am one who once I get most of my data in, which I call data, you may call words, <laughs> I will adjust the columns to a point where I'll play around with it. I'll play around with wrapping text and column height and to see like how much can I really see without making the rows so high that many of the rows don't need to be that high. And so- yeah. I, I am known to do that, but here's the other thing with Excel, and I think it's true with Google Sheets. I'm also one where I will, and I don't know what this is called, I should probably figure this out, hide the data behind the next column so that you're not writing over the next column, but then I click up in the formula bar to read what I want to read. Yes. Yes, you're clipping it. Yes. Agreed. Is that what it's called? Clipping? Okay. Yes. That's what it's called in Sheets. Yeah. So you can wrap it. You can whatever, let it overrun, which is the worst thing in the world. We can all agree about that. Yes. Or you can clip it, which is great. Usually, cause you're like, I just need to know what's in there. I don't necessarily need to see it all. I just need to know what's there. Right. Yes. Yes. I, I agree about with you about the wrapping versus changing your column width and height. It's a very, you know, it's, it's a, a um, case by case basis, right? Depending on what you're, what you've got right. going on. I very much agree. And I'm going to encourage people to contact me on Twitter if they have a solution for this one, because I haven't figured this one out yet, although maybe you have. If I pull into a cell words that were in a Word document with hard returns, sometimes those hard returns will stay, and sometimes they won't, and I have never figured out how to hard return within a cell. And I also, I literally just ran into this the other day. I was in a spreadsheet where I could see someone in a previous cell had been able to introduce some hard returns. And I was trying to replicate that in the next cell. And I, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how to do it. And I was like, <laughs> what am I doing wrong? And that's where I always want like some button where I'm like, let me, I need to peer behind the curtain here. Well, that's like in Word, you have that little paragraph symbol that's like show formatting. Yes. That would, I love it. Yes. Yes. That would be very helpful. I, yes. The only way I've ever done this and it does not always work is to put that, that sort of bulleted list type of thing in word and then copy it into the cell, but it doesn't always maintain the form, the formatting. I found that there's a difference between if you select the cell and hit paste 
versus put your cursor in the cell. Yes. Yeah. It's a whole different world somehow. And I don't like really know what that's all about. Yes. I, that troubles me too. And I don't, there's some finer points there that I don't understand. Yes. And so but listening audience, Twitter is the way to find us and you can let us know uh, if you have solutions to these formatting issues. Do you have feelings about CRMs and spreadsheets and how they interact, if at all? I don't know what a CRM is, so I'm going to say no. You might, <laughs> working with school districts. So a customer relationship management system. Oh, no, so we don't do that in public schools. <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just let it all happen. That's really interesting. You're enrolled students. If you Oh, so we have... We do have student management systems, which I'm assuming are actually probably the same thing. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. So I have not had good experiences with those. And I'm usually mad at the data that I can get from them. It just makes me angry. Like this isn't, this is never what I wanted in some terrible way. I would very much like, I really like like pulling, like, give me a bunch of data. Like, oh, let me have it. I want to ha- get it in my hands so I can do things with it. But I have not been satisfied with the data I've been able to get from our what I guess is really a CRM. I, I long for better data. So that's, <laughs> don't we all? Uh, yes. That's really interesting because I would say that my beef with CRMs is that I'm always pulling the data out into a spreadsheet that I can manipulate. Like I'm supposed to yeah. be able to run a report. Like the whole point of these robust, what are essentially databases, is so that you can run the report you want but I don't trust them. So I end up doing a large, like give me the whole universe and then I will use my spreadsheet because for example, if I want to delete everyone from a certain city, I'm not going to send postcards to that city. So for example, I want to get rid of everyone who lives in Reading, Pennsylvania but for some reason something's happened and it's also removed anyone who lives in Redmont, Pennsylvania. And I'm like, wait, stop, hold on. Let's back it up here. So, and some of that I would say is a form of user error in that clearly I've done something wrong to to delete both of these cities instead of one of these cities. But because I can watch the numbers in real time, I can see that mistake. I can go back and fix it where if I just run a report from a CRM where all of the data is like in the background, I don't really know how many people I should have. Therefore, I can't check to see if it's as many as I'm getting. And then I get super nervous. Yeah. Yes. Because like, yeah, who knows? Who knows what else lurks out there? Yes, I agree. I I went through the same thing when, um, I don't even remember what we were trying to do. Oh, we were, we were trying to figure out, you know, if we had good email contacts for some of our parents and yeah, I just didn't, I had to do the same thing. I had to pull down all the data. Cause I was like, oh, I don't, mm, like, I don't know what you're showing me and what you're not showing me. And I just, 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 just give me, just give me the data. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, I think there are people who are real devotees of CRMs and it's very possible that they just know how to use them better than I do. But I've been using them for a long time and I've used lots of different ones and I've, I've never, I've rarely found it easier to create the appropriate report than I have to dump the data and manipulate it myself. 
So. Right. And I also think there's a lot of bad CRMs out there, right? That, or, or CRMs that aren't well-matched to your needs. Right. Um, they might not be bad, but if they don't do the things you want them to do, then they're not good for you either. So I, I, you know, I think, I think that's an issue. Like I run into that a lot with web platforms. Like this might not be a bad web platform, but it is not working for what we need it to do. So. Right. And I've had lots of situations where it's like, oh, I have found the perfect CRM, but it costs five times the one my organization is using right now. Therefore, yep. I will refuse to use my organizations and I will use a spreadsheet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go rogue. Yes. Yes. Rogue with spreadsheets. Maybe that's what this should be called. <laughs> okay. Last rapid fire question. Do you know why and how to make a pivot table? I don't. I, but I'm really, now I'm really, I really feel like I should know. I really want to know. Well, keep listening. Maybe I, yeah, maybe I do. And I just don't know that I, I don't think. No, I, do. I think you would know if you knew how to make a pivot table <laughs> and what it did and why. So I am so grateful to you for talking to me about spreadsheets for a little while now. I am also insanely curious about lots of other things in the world. So would you share with me and our listeners uh, what media you may be consuming uh, at the moment? And I should mention that we are talking uh, at the very end of August when school is starting, that you and I are both parents and both school professionals. So maybe you're not consuming any media at the moment, but if there is anything you'd like to recommend to our listeners uh, please do so now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I am managing to read and it is directly related to both the things you just mentioned is a great newsletter by Emily Oster. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. I apologize. It's called Parent Data. It's a newsletter on Substack and she is doing a really great job of sharing exactly what it sounds like, parent data. Um, she's the author of Crib Sheet. I don't know if you're familiar with that book. And she has another book about sort of data-driven parenting. And her newsletter is just such a breath of fresh air as we get close to schools reopening and all of the issues and concerns that go into that um, because she's looking at all of these issues from a really grounded, data-driven basis. So for any parents out there who are feeling freaked out and who isn't, I really highly recommend her newsletter. It's a great thing to wake up to in the morning instead of some of the news headlines. That's fantastic. And tell me about Crib Sheet. I don't know that book. So uh, her book Crib Sheet is about sort of the data of pregnancy, childbirth, and raising a baby. Like what do we actually know about these things that goes beyond the old wives' tales? Wow. And so she looks at outcomes and you know um research and things like that it's just, i don't know i love data i have anxiety and data is really grounding to me because trusting my gut is not an option my gut is a liar so i really love <laughs> sources for tr information that is real and true that is not coming from the gut i'm past the stages of you know pregnancy and childbirth and early childhood so her book is like, it's, it's not a match for me, but her newsletter is because she tackles a, a broader range of parenting issues. But that's, I first learned about her from her book. So it's interesting that you mentioned anxiety and spreadsheets and grounding and data, and I am not here to freak you out. 
But one of the things I'm interested in is how spreadsheets can lie to us. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, data can lie, right? right? Absolutely. That's such a good point. Like anything that we turn to for comfort, we have to be careful about how honest we're being with ourselves and how much we are just trying to find what we need, whether it's true or not. Right. So I'll tell you a, a, my, my example of this, which is so embarrassing. And yet I'm going to, we'll see if by exposing myself, it drives a change in me. I have a spreadsheet for all of the bills we pay. That doesn't seem embarrassing so far. It does not include anything paid with a check or cash. <laughs> sure, of course. Yeah. That makes so, sense. <laughs> so it gives me the sense of like, I know how much money we're spending month to month. Yeah. Right. And it's an apples to apples comparison month to month because I am paying the, the bills the same way I always pay the bills. But certainly in the before times and to a ex certain extent now, I just wasn't writing that many checks. So right. it didn't seem like a thing I really needed to track. Right. When multiple members of my family are in, were in therapy and I was paying the therapist weekly, monthly, every other week via check, all of a sudden that became like a rather large expense that wasn't really being tracked anywhere. And same right. with my cash, cash withdrawals. Now I would say these days I'm barely spending any cash because I'm just not doing sure. in-person transactions. So I, I have to remind myself this is this is a snippet, right? It's, it's a marker. It shows me month to month, you know, the water bill and the gas bill and the electric bill and our mortgage. It was more a tool of, of inputting online bill paying than it was a budget. And I have to remind myself that there's still money flowing in weird places that I might need to look at. That's such a good point. And I know, like, I know we're coming to the end of our time, but I totally forgot about another spreadsheet that's very important to me. Please. Which, because it made me think of this, because I also sell vintage clothing on Etsy, and all of that lives in a spreadsheet. That's actually probably how I started using Google Sheets in my personal life, now that I think about it. Uh, but I moved that data into Airtable a while ago, which was very exciting. Very exciting. And I don't remember why I did, honestly. But it's like a whole different world. And um, I think it's just because I don't have Excel on my home computer. And Sheets was like, it was not cutting the mustard. So I was like, let me try this third way. Tell me about Airtable. For those who may not be familiar with it, Airtable is a, you know, a web-based, sort of like a spreadsheet. It's a database-like product. But it's meant to be like really visually... A little more visually friendly is what I'm going to say. The thing I liked about it for my Etsy inventory was I could sort of do a quick click in a cell and add and categorize the information that I was putting into that cell. So when one sort of fell swoop, I could say, you know, I bought this dress at the Salvation Army for $1.99 and I could categorize it as, you know, not yet listed. And it was all sort of compactly contained. So I had another layer of data besides just the cells and columns, which I really liked. Wow. And it can do sort of the normal spreadsheet things of like, like, you know, I run some really basic formulas in there to calculate like my gross and my net from my purchases, and my sales. 
I'm tracking how much I'm spending on shipping, which is totally pointless because, you know, it's not up to me. Like it just costs what it costs, but it helps me to see that number and remember that like, yep, that's actual money I spent. Yeah. But that like, it's kind of a lie too, right? In the same way that your spreadsheet is a lie because I definitely make purchases that don't make it into that air table. Like it happened. I have this system where I'm supposed to log everything as soon as I bring it home. And I, Oh, you can, you can upload photos into your air table too, which I also love. So I photograph everything as I'm inventorying it on the, on the input side, because otherwise I would forget, cause you know, you're like blue sweater, like, well, which blue sweater, Emily? So I take a little picture of it, but you know, like things slip in the back door, like, someone dropped off a garbage bag close to me once and it just sat in my closet for six months and it, you know, it never made it in. It's only ever going to be as good as the work that I put into it to actually log everything. And I, I run up against this barrier every year at tax time (laughs) (laughs) when I'm like, Oh, I did. I bought more stuff than that. Like, uh Oh, I didn't put everything in the spreadsheet. That's terrible. And then I have to do some, you know, revisionist history of my own spreadsheet. Right. Like jam some more stuff in there quick. It's almost April. So it's like garbage in, garbage out, but creativity in, creativity out. Yeah. <laughs> I think a tremendous amount about building systems that work. That's kind of how I came to Airtable too, because the other big thing about it for me was that it's a uh, mobile interface is really user-friendly. So once I was able to start inventorying from my phone, I actually did it. Right. It turned out the barrier for me was sitting down at the computer. And when I removed that barrier, um, I had a lot more success. So that was, it took me years to come to that realization, but it was an important one. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's really smart. And I think that's in anything in life, finding the barrier is the first step to getting over it. You won't necessarily get over it. Right. But if you don't know what the barrier is, you're just trying things. Right. I want to give you a moment to shout out anything you're working on, where people can find you on the internet, what projects you have coming up, including all of your various hats. And then we will end with uh, the wild card, you getting to ask me anything you want having to do with spreadsheets, data, or anything else. Great. Well, thank you. Um, People can find me on Twitter at Emily Popek, and that's P-O-P-E-K. You can also find me on Etsy at Bread and Roses Vintage, if you ever want to see any of the stuff that's logged in my Airtable spreadsheet. I don't have a lot of other work to share right now, but I would love to connect with people on Twitter, and, and I will have more to share there soon, I hope. So my question for you is, what is, and you can interpret this any way you want, what is the silliest thing you've ever logged in a spreadsheet? <laughs> oh, it makes me want to open up all of my documents and say, is this silly? Is this silly? Like household expenses, obviously, that's not silly. Very practical. Right. But I'm wondering if there's anything. I remember right. reading somewhere about a woman who like, was logging her boyfriend's behavior in a spreadsheet. Maybe silly isn't the word, but you know, um, not exactly day-to-day practical stuff. Well, so I'm going to, I'm going to jump off of what you just said and say that I know lots of people, specifically women use like mood trackers or cycle trackers, whether they're trying to get pregnant or they're not trying to get pregnant. And I didn't like any of them. So I made my own Excel spreadsheet. So there is a spreadsheet, which 
And I have to tell you from a visual perspective, it helps me because every, so again, this is not sortable data, but for me it works. Every month is lined up next to every other month. So I have five columns for every month and then the next five columns are the next month. And it actually helped me to determine, I thought I was having overwhelming migraines all the time. Mm. And when I stopped, it felt like it was all the time. It felt like it felt like I was either getting a migraine, having a migraine or coming off a migraine. Like it was just constant. And when I actually laid that data out, I guess it would be longitudinally. Sure. I could see it was only happening once a month. It made perfect sense of when and why it was happening. And it actually made the migraines less problematic because I could actually anticipate them. Now, triggers are a whole other thing. I can't, I don't, I, but I, I'm not sure that I can get a handle on that. But it was like, oh, I'm going to feel like this for a day. Then for two days, I'm going to feel like this. And then for a day, I'm going to feel like that. And it tracks. And, you know, people are like, oh, why aren't you using this app? And why aren't you using this app? And I was like, Mm-mm, nope, I just needed to see it laid out on a spreadsheet. And so that is, a, I joke about sharing that spreadsheet with my husband. I have not actually done it. But there was always a cell or two each month that said, I hate everyone and everything. And that also seemed to have a rhythm and a pattern to it that has also made it easier to handle. So I wouldn't say it's silly at all, but I would say there are lots of people using lots of other products to do that. And this is the one that works for me. Right. No, that makes so much sense. And I think like that makes me really think about, because, you know, you were saying before about how data can lie to us. And I completely agree. But I think the other side of that coin is it can become a useful lens and maybe it's never going to show us the whole picture, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to show us anything that's true. I am also someone that like, I can't do um, exercise classes. Like I can't do soul cycle or anything where someone's telling me like, now go faster, now go slower, now do this. Although, well, we could talk about couch to 5k. That's the only one that I you know, swear by, but I don't want an app saying, oh, you're about to get grumpy. Like, don't mm. tell me that. Like I, like, I know when I'm grumpy. I don't need you to tell me a day ahead of time I'm going to get grumpy, but having a place to write down, I hate everything and everyone today and seeing, mm. oh, 29 days ago, I felt the exact same way. It will pass. It will not always feel like this. It is not real. I mean, it's real, but it's I don't actually hate everyone and everything like that was so like I I like the fact that I can collect the data somewhere I don't need anyone else analyzing that data for me and certainly not an algorithm in an app with like smiley faces right and that's the other thing about putting data in a spreadsheet right is it's not all product it's also process the act of putting in the data I think prompts reflection and, and gives you a different knowledge and awareness of that information than you would have if all you saw was whatever got spit out at the other end. 100%. I'm glad I know about that spreadsheet now. <laughs> I will not be sharing it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. This was so much fun for me. I hope it was so much fun for you. Absolutely. I always like talking to you on our varied and 
strangely overlapping interests. <laughs> yes, uh, me too. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk about this today. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review everywhere you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter at column underscore pod. Special thanks to Nora Grace and Josiah for our theme song, Sam Schindler for editing and production, Nick Peterson for additional music, and you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you.